Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, secrets to overcome fear, embrace your gifts, and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us and share and do all that fun stuff. Today's quote of the day is, for me, the key to longevity and immortality, in a sense, has to do with transformation. That is by Marilyn Manson. <laughs> so we have a wonderful guest today with over 40 plus years of experience working and creating in the Los Angeles area. Karen Glasser has shared her gift of communication, song and media. She was produced by Rhino Records and has eight CDs in her portfolio and has performed at Carnegie Hall. The author of four books, she is the live stream host of the influential web TV show, The Super Boomer Lifestyle, and the president of Viva Buds, a referral-based marijuana delivery company. We've got a lot of places that we can go with this interview today, but a, uh, a wonderful welcome for Karen Glasser. How you doing, Karen? I am doing great. How are you, Heather? Gosh, I'm fantastic. And I'm so excited because it's been too long since we've really had a good conversation and caught up. So I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that we both might surprise each other with some things actually on the podcast. But, you know, that's fun too, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> So, you know, because you've got this cool new show, I don't, well, it's not really new, the Super Boomer Lifestyle, I want to jump into the, you know, age thing, especially since I've got a birthday coming up. So what are your thoughts and have you had any conflicting thoughts about approaching midlife and beyond? Any words of wisdom for us in that regard? Well, you know, I think that um, when you wake up one day and you realize, oh, my God, I'm getting old, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm and and how am I going to approach this? How am I going to navigate all of this? And um, no one can say that that grass grows under my feet. I, I, I'm constantly reinventing myself. So, of course, as I was approaching what we call midlife, and I'm not even sure what midlife means anymore. I'm going to be 63, you know, next month. But um, I knew that I wanted to reinvent myself again. And but I wasn't really sure what it was going to look like after turning 60. You know, that was a big, big thing. At least that's what everyone says it is, a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that really this is the best time of my life. I mean, really, and I say that in all sincerity, um, it's the most exciting time of my life, the most empowering time of my life, because I didn't let the whole AGE get in the way of things, saying I'm certain age. I don't let fear get in the way of, of what I'm going to do. I don't let fear tell me that, oh, I'm a certain age and I'm supposed to do this because I'm a certain age. If I hear one more time how many ways I should be dressing after 40, <laughs> just shoot me right now. So, you know, I, I think that I went back and forth of how am I going to show up? Am I going to show up differently? Because none of us think that we're going to age the way that we end up aging. Would you agree about that? <laughs> yes, definitely. But I mean, you're, you, the energy that you have, I, I knew that you would be fighting at any of the typical stereotypes of, of aging, but you did still feel the feelings for a bit, huh? At trying to oh, figure it out. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I actually, when I turned 60, I did something that a lot of people thought was crazy. And that was to let my jet black hair 
go gray because I had been coloring my hair every two and a half weeks since I was 30. Because when I turned 30, my hair started to turn white. And my mom, God bless her, she's 84 years old this year. She's 100% white and was at 30, 100% white. So I started going white and I went, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going there. I'm not going to have white hair. And fast forward to when I turned 60 and I realized here I am sitting on a live show week after week talking about being authentic. (laughs) And my hair wasn't authentic. I wasn't authentic. So I decided to grow my hair out on camera. How crazy is that? Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Week after week, it was called the little white lie. Because in my perspective, my little white lie, what was I hiding behind as I was getting older was my white hair. That somehow I attributed getting gray as getting old and no longer valuable and no longer productive member of society to the point that um, as I was going through this process on camera and, you know, and, and showing people my hair growing out, which was just crazy, I went to Las Vegas in the middle of all of this. And I used to go to Las Vegas all the time, like six to eight times a year for a weekend just to kind of shake up my world. And I would go out in my sexy little dresses and my little high heels and the whole thing. And here I was growing my hair out and I went, oh, I don't belong here anymore. I'm invisible. I'm gray. And I didn't leave my hotel room for an entire weekend. And I thought, that's stupid. That's just that's just not a good way to lead my life. And um, I got vulnerable on camera right after that trip. And I said, can you imagine that me who's on camera every single week? I didn't feel like I was um, worthy anymore to be out there. And that was a turning point. It changed my audience. It changed the way I started approaching life. And um, that vulnerability uh, was actually the best thing that I ever did for myself. So I encourage uh, your, you know, your listeners to go out and be vulnerable because it's really okay. It is okay. It's fantastic. And I think that that's where strength and courage come from. The ability to, you know, be exactly who you are, human humanness because we all are right right and and it's interesting because um my mom was uh prematurely gray I was pre am prematurely gray and I've been coloring my hair forever been and I I'm so impressed that I didn't even I never even thought about it because you know we wouldn't have thought to to let it go out white at 30 right but it's it's that time frame where you're like, no, this is I'm going to be me. I love the little white lie thing. That's fantastic. <laughs> it was it was um, I think it's what actually propelled me to keep doing it, because every week I would get on camera. It om- almost became a game for me. I would get on there and my hair would grow out. I would literally put my head down and say, "Okay, it's time for the reveal. And, you know, one year into this, I was able to take those snippets of video of my hair growing out. And I have this really wild video, literally, of my hair, white hair growing out from the top of my head down. So um, I made it a game. And uh, that's my first I think my first message to people is find a way to do these things that scare the crap out of you. By making them enjoyable and making them maybe a game and making them a way to uh, make yourself stronger because I knew everyone was expecting this from me every single week. I was not not going to do it at that point. I was accountable. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's fantastic. And listeners, I have a beautiful picture of Karen on in within the show notes. So you got to go and check out her gorgeous hair. She looks uh, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the other, uh, I guess, both positives and challenges of midlife? Well, you know, look, as we get older, let's talk reality here. As we get older, um, we don't think that we're going to age the way we're going to age. I mean, case in point, and I'm going to be very uh, vulnerable with you right now, about um, two months ago, I lost sight in my right eye. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I thought, well, this is not fair. How, how, how is that even fair? I'm the one who's supposed to be showing people how to age right. How is that not, how is that even going to work for me. And I had eye surgery and I'm not going to get my vision back in my right eye. And so it has changed my perspective once again. That's a challenge. How do I show up knowing that I have a disability right now that that could or could not affect how I do my work? Um, The other thing is technology. I'm a geek from the word go. Oh my gosh, I'm a geek. I've been live streaming since the early 90s. Um, But as you get older, you start thinking, oh, how am I going to learn all this stuff? But here's the thing. I need to stay on top of all this stuff if I want to do my job. So, again, I am encouraged by my challenges to just do it because I don't see that I really have any other choice. I need to stay on the bleeding edge. So the technology gets in the way. um, Health issues gets in the way. Those are all challenges, but it's how we choose to respond to them. I refuse to let any of those things define who I am as I get older. I love that. And I think I'm just going to repeat that for our listeners here. It's how you choose to respond to them because everyone has challenges. Everyone has things that come up and people have a decision every day, every moment. Are you going to focus on what the challenge is? Are you going to focus on what's going wrong? Are you going to shift the focus to the opportunities, the, the solutions that are available? And that's what you do. I mean, you take action in spite of any challenges and that's fantastic. So that's one, just do it and become vulnerable. Do you have any other strategies for people to overcome some challenges? I I really do. I mean, I break down my challenges into small little baby steps. And and I remind myself that I don't need to know everything, at least not right now, of course. But I will I will break them down into small steps because there's nothing more rewarding than be able to check off one of those little steps that's taking you closer to your end goal. So that is one of the things that I do all the time. Um, and also, um, I have this little thing that I do with myself. When I'm not sure whether I should make a decision to do something, I actually ask myself, um, several questions. And that is, and this is something that I actually do when I, when, when the younger generation asks me, how did you get to where you are? You know, how do you do what you're doing? And I, I say this, I tell them to think for themselves, think for themselves. And that if they have to make a decision whether to move forward or not, ask themselves these questions. And I do this all the time. I do this every single day because there's always something that comes up. I ask myself this question, what is the worst case scenario? If I decide to say yes to this, Or if I decide to say no, it goes both ways. What's the worst case scenario? What will happen? And if I can live with that worst case scenario, then I'll go for it. If I can't live with it, then that's my gut saying, you know what? This is not a good choice for you. So those are the ways and some of the strategies that I use to overcome the challenges that we all have. We all have them. This is not unique just to me or to you. We all have them. 
And that's an excellent question. You know, what's the worst possible thing that could happen? Because most of the time we worry about things that A, will never happen or B, are really not that bad. Or, you know, we can shift minorly and turn into something really positive. So that's an excellent strategy. Thank you for that one. Absolutely. Now, if you... I'm just thinking, you know, you mentioned younger people coming to you asking you questions. What if it was you, maybe your younger self? What what would you tell yourself like that you know now that you wish you would have known then? That you can fail your way to success. I think Mm. that's the best the best um, piece of information that I wish I had known then that I now know now is that failure is just on the way to success. It's not an either or kind of thing. I believe that if you're not failing, you're not succeeding. Yeah. If you're if you're not moving in the right direction, and I wish I knew that because I, I think that at least I did back in those days, I took everything personally. You know, if I, I if I wasn't able to do something, it's like, what's wrong with me? What you know, why was I not able to do it? So instead of looking at it, okay, so I failed on this one, but I'm just going to, now it just told me what not to do. I now know that I need to try something different, right? And so I think if I'd known that back then, I may have been able to do even more than I've already done right now. I don't even know if that's possible, but (laughs) maybe, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's really good advice because, you know, I, I'm a big, it's taken me many years and I still suffer from it from time to time, this need to, to please, you know, and I, I think that that's one of the best parts of my age right now is I just, I don't care as much. And I don't mean that I don't care about people and I don't mean that I don't care about, you know, what I'm doing. I do. I care very deeply about both of those things, um, but it doesn't stop me. Yeah, I, I I I totally agree with you. And when you said that, I just don't care. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel too. And I think that's kind of what happens as we get older. The things that we used to care about so deeply were more um, the outside looking in at us. It's like, what do people think about us? What do they think? What are they going to do? Rather than as we have gotten older, it's now not what they're going to think. It's what do I think? about what I'm doing. I don't really care what other people think anymore. I care, as you said, I care about the people, but I don't really care about what they think as long as I can look myself in the mirror every single day and say, yes, I am happy with what I'm doing. I'm happy with who I am. Then I'm all good. That's all good. I agree. And when we get to that point of, you know, loving ourselves and having that same confidence and, and focus on self, we actually become um, more uh, con- contributing members of communities, yes. right? Yes. Agreed. And what about like the the connections that you have? You know, your your female friends or you know any kind of connection. Do you think that they're uh, you know they're deeper or they're more important, less important than they used to be? Uh, they're absolutely more important than they used to be. When I was growing up, I had more male friends than I had female friends. Um, and that has only changed within the last maybe five years as I've gotten older. Um, cause up until then, I think that I scared women. 
Um, uh, because, because I think that uh, a lot of women thought they had to be just like me. Otherwise I wouldn't accept them into my, um, circle, my arena, my world, my network, which was not any, it it couldn't have been farther from the truth. Um, but you know, I think times have changed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you, you know, do you find yourself, well, I see that you have a lot of women on your show. Do you have... I've seen those are the ones that I've seen. You have you have men and women. Yeah, I have. I do. I have men and women that come on. I would say the majority are women only because more women, I think, are in this space of discovery. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that women have had to work harder and longer to to be the agent to prove that it's just a number. Men, you know, let's talk about it. Men, they go gray. They're distinguished. <laughs> you know, men get older. They don't have the same challenges. They have different challenges. I'm not saying that poor women, we have all these challenges, but there are different challenges. Um, and so as I've gotten older, women have become really, really important in my life because I think that women inspire other women to reach higher. Um, instead of being in a competitive, you know, the I, I believe we live in the blue ocean of abundancy, not the Red Sea of scarcity. And oh, when you are, nice. right, and when you're running with a bunch of women who believe the same thing, we rise together. How the collaboration alone is is very powerful. I I think that as more and more women get involved in in the political arena, and more and more women get involved in the corporate arena, and more and women get involved in the world arena we see major shifts in how we treat people and how we we uh, navigate our world. I, I just think women are the most powerful people in the world. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm right on board there with you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> now, do you, um, do you find yourself, like, would you say that you have a fulfilling life? Do you, or, you know, what do you think about how you feel overall about the quality of your life? My quality of life is is pretty darn good at this <laughs> point. You know, I, I I make decisions based upon what's best for my, me and my family and my and and my extended family. Um, you know, we recently moved from Napa, California, for me to take a job in an actual job on top of everything else that I do. Um, as you mentioned in the beginning, I'm <laughs> president of a marijuana company, and um, you know, if somebody had said 30 years ago that that's what I would be doing at 63. I would have thought that they had lost some marbles. Um, you know, who does that? But I do, apparently. I, I apparently run a marijuana company, and I'm now, you know, living in San Diego and, and doing that. And I am just thrilled to be doing something like this at my age. And more and more women are coming into this field. So I'm thrilled about that. At the same time, I'm very, very fulfilled by doing my weekly show because um, I do think that I'm making a huge difference in this um this world that we call older age. I'm pro-age, not anti-age. So I bring and I, I, I shine a spotlight on what I call super boomers from around the world um, who are making a difference, um, living their lives and being an example for other women. And I call them super boomers because we're not just regular old boomers, you know, that came, that were born of a certain age, we are fearless. We will do anything. And so it's hashtag super boomer. I love it. You're totally a super boomer. And, <laughs> and I, you know, the, the whole J-O-B thing, and you said it with that same concept <laughs> that I have in my head because, and it's, there's nothing wrong with it, but like as an entrepreneur who's had 
you know, their own business for some time, we do, we look at it like, oh, but it sounds terribly exciting when, you know, when you were talking (laughs) about it, what do you like best about it? Well, it's a, it's a startup. Um, Uh We're doing something that's never been done. It's a referral based marijuana company. Never before has there ever been a company that's selling marijuana that allows people to actually create an income telling a friend you know about it. Um, and so we're, we're based in California right now, but ultimately we will be across the country where it's, it's legal. But what I love about it is that we are breaking barriers. I, I mean, we are doing something that um, I know will have an impact that I will be able to leave a legacy to not just my children and my children's children, God willing, um, but I think for women as well is that women are stepping into these kind of positions. I actually love having a J-O-B. I love the structure of it. I love it. I I work at home, so my J-O-B is still at home. It's not like I'm going into an office, um, but my J-O-B is at home, but it's still, it's a structured kind of thing, and I am creating something that I never thought I would be able to do. So for me, it is is fascinating, and I'm just excited to have that J-O-B. That's awesome. Okay, now I'm going to ask you something where, you know, we started out talking about authenticity and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have this incredible energy. You seem fearless. You've done outstanding things. What do you think would be the thing that kind of scared you the most in your life and how did you overcome it? Well, you and I were chatting before we got on the show today, and you said, I'm not sure you're going to want to share this, but I'm an open book. I'm an open book. And when we first met back, I think, in 2012, I think that's when we met, or 2011, um, I had recently been um, divorced and remarried in that one little time. And I had been married before that for 28 years. And I left my marriage and I I went out on my own thinking that this was gonna be an awesome thing to do. And I married somebody else. And fast forward a couple of years after that, I got actually got divorced again and remarried my first husband. And we are now married, just celebrated our new anniversary, second anniversary, but if you just add it all together and I call it a blip, during that time. Um, We've now been married, you know, 34 years together. And um, what I'm mostly afraid of is not being able to make those decisions um, that sometimes are scary. Um, You know, am I going to make the wrong decision? Am I going to make a bad choice? And I realized that having gone through that, which was probably the worst time of my life, and you met me during the worst time of my life, and you probably would say I would never have known that. No, no. Right? And it was a it was a very, very, very hard time of my life. I just thought that somehow life had to be better than it was. Mm-hmm. And um, the grass is always greener. And I can honestly say that I am so fortunate and blessed that I had a second chance. Um, and I never, ever, ever second guess that anymore as to say that I had a second chance to get back with my first husband. And we are delightfully, delightfully happy. Oh, that, that's a great story. It's, it's an, you know, an unusual story, <laughs> but I love it. It's a great story because I can hear the happiness in your voice and, and what a gift to be able to have, you know, made a decision and then rethought it and still been able to have that gift of a second chance. You know, that's beautiful. And I know you're currently like literally probably at this moment in time 
feeling a little bit of fear because you've got some some things going on there in the state yeah right? you know we we have um if at this time right now there's fires all across california and um my family has been evacuated i just found out this morning um from their homes up in santa monica so um you know that's scary i was evacuated two years prior to that when i was in napa when they were evacuating all that so you live right you live and learn yeah, yeah. But you're handling, no one would know. See, you know, you have that that strength that comes through. And I find that sometimes because I, I have that too, where we keep moving forward no matter what's going on, right? So sometimes other people don't realize when we're struggling. And I've I've come to learn that it's okay to let people know and, and ask for help. So true. I, you know, I'm not good at it, but I'm better now than I ever have been. Um, do you do you run that same risk of kind of not opening up enough? So true. I think that somehow we think that we're less than if we don't open up and ask for help. And I, I'm sure you have discovered that that it's really okay to ask for help. You know what? We're all this. We are all the same that way. I think it's scary to ask for help. We don't want people to think that somehow. You, you can't do something, at least that was my, that's always been mine. And if I have to ask for help, it means that I'm not capable, but I am capable. I just need help on that particular thing. And again, it's about staying in my own lane. And, mm-hmm. if, and, and if I put it in that perspective, okay, that's just not my lane. I need help in that. That's just not something I know how to do. And then I'm able to ask for help. Yeah, that's a good way to that's a good way to put it. Now, when you're going through a challenge, because I, you know, I do love being able to give people some things that they can take away. Those strategies, like you gave a, a nice one earlier. Do you have any tips or or strategies on what you do to move past the fears that you have or through them, or anything that you can share that people might be able to take away and use themselves? A- absolutely. Um, I do a a morning. A morning thing every morning. I'm a big fan of Hal Elrod's The Miracle Morning, and I started with his. I am up every morning just because I can't help myself at 3:30 in the morning, mm-hmm. um, and that's just what happens. And I have a whole routine in the morning. I meditate. I used to say, "How can I? I can't meditate. I'm too ADD. I'm all over the place." <laughs> well, you get guess what? Meditation is probably the best thing you can do when you have that. And I have learned how to meditate. And sometimes I will meditate an hour at a time from the person who never could meditate. So I meditate every morning, and I get into that space so that when I feel uh, uh, stress or panic or anxiety, because I, I experience all of those things. Um, I'm able to remember that meditation and I start breathing. So that is something I do immediately. Um, I start to meditate on it. I do a lot of reading. I journal. I am the journaling queen of the world. I must own, um, people laugh at me when they come to my house cause I have stacks and stacks of journals. Um, I'm not complete unless I have a journal with me in my purse and a journal in the briefcase and a journal in my suitcase and a journal in my car. I have journals everywhere. So those are the things that I do. That's awesome. I love those. I take mine with me all the, all over the place. I don't have them in like, you know, the purse, the car, whatever, but I use one and I have it with me all the time. Awesome. You know, and it makes a difference, right? When you're able yeah. to just to kind of, I, I call it throwing up. I throw up yeah. in the journal. Um, I get all those crazy, the itty bitty shitty committee in my head that's talking to me nonstop. And I put it all on paper and then I go, oh, it doesn't look so bad when it's in writing. 
Exactly. You know, you get it out and somehow you're able to see it just from a different perspective or more clearly. And that's when the solutions come, right? Right. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. I know that people are going to want to get a hold of you. And I know you've got several different things going on. So can you give them the best places where they can find you or get information about what you're doing? Absolutely. Well, I would love for people to go and follow me on social media and you can find me at Karen Glasser, C-A-R-E-N Glasser on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And also all of my shows live on my site at thelittlewhitelie.com. And um, I, I keep every single one of the shows and it's been years now. So you can go back and see some of these amazing guests that I've had on. Um, and so that's a great way to, to find me. And then finally, you can go to my store called the Super Boomer Lifestyle that's awesome okay so you know these these half hour shows just absolutely fly by do you have any you know parting words of wisdom anything else that you would like to let our listeners know I I think the, the the thing that I think is most important that I would like to leave with your your listeners and our listeners here is is to not be afraid and and to and to realize that what we're experiencing right now the person right next to us probably has if not right now at some point has experienced as well and that we are not alone and that when we reach out when we're vulnerable and when we realize that all we need to do is maybe just say it out loud that's what you should do I love that. What a great, great influence. Karen, I, as always, just absolutely have loved our time talking. And, you know, I'm planning a trip out to California. You know you're going to be getting a call. I'm going to hunt you down. I hope so. I have a guest room waiting for you. Come on down. (laughs) Hey, you guys heard it. If I call her, she said it here. (laughs) Thank you again. And you have a wonderful day. I will. Thanks. You too. Take care.